All right, welcome back to Tundra Talk, everybody. I'm Tyler Friel, I'm joined today by a couple special guests, um, Kevin Wilkerson and Adam Weatherby. We just got back into town from a pretty wet moose hunt. and uh, I'd say very wet. Yeah, very hunt. wet. To say the least. Was that the wettest hunt you've been on, Kevin? Yeah. Yeah, just consistent rain. Yeah. But it was actually coming from both above and, and below. below. <laughs> yeah. So, like yesterday when we were around the fire that was covered by a tarp and you'd step on the ground with your boot and your boot would go underwater... That was that was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just trying to drown us from all sides. But um, man, where'd even start? Where I just got back in, everything smells like wood smoke, and B- I guess bo, yeah, wet, bo, wet wool, wet, wet wool. wool. <laughs> yeah. I uh, and I guess to uh, in case you're wondering, no moose were harmed in the making of this hunt, <laughs> which we will get into. Um, there's a little bit of frustration and. And whatnot, but uh, uh, it was a great time. It was. So, thanks for, first off, just thanks for having us. Yeah, no. Up here in your backyard. I mean, this Alaska's your playground, and you know, these rivers and lands and hills, and whether it be bear or moose or sheep, you you know, you know, so it's always cool to get invited to somebody else's playground. So, mm-hmm. super yeah, fun. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was very excited to have you guys up here, and I, I was a little anxious because this spot we went, so a spot I hadn't hunted before, but. And I think, and I think it will, it is a good spot. It was just such a, uh, weather, such the weather and just extenuating circumstances, um, that played in the end result, but we can get into that. Um, I'm so tired. Yeah. Now that's probably, probably, and probably the first thing, cause I'm like misfire. My brain's misfiring here. It was a long week and, and right off the bat, I think not killing a moose was had nothing to do with lack of effort yeah no we did i mean we were adding it up on the back of the four-wheeler so so every day we we were out about 18 hours either hunting or transporting every day for 18 hours yeah yeah. and then the six hours was comprised of packing repacking drying things out and eating in or in sleeping immediately sleeping in that six hours. So it was a go to bed after 11, wake up at four, you know, for just yeah, about Yeah, it was, yeah, wake up at four and ride a four-wheeler for two hours, just right. about two hours. So let's, can yeah. we tell them about our four-wheeler get up? Because yeah. that was, you know, one of the highlights. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, <laughs> you know, so we, I dra- drag you guys all over the place. Oh, I got a, got a great spot. And we, you know, spurt first is a, a riverboat ride. And then uh, we. Which is wet. Which yeah. was wet, and it was it was raining, you know, the whole ride up. And was it thirty two miles? Yeah. Like yeah, and yeah. Uh, then we were able to stay in a cabin, fortunately. But uh, every morning, you know, what our routine was: we we get up at four, get across the river, and I had dropped my four wheeler across the river, and we took a winter trail, which is interesting in the non winter time, mm-hmm. to say the least. Um, right out to a spot that I thought, and I, I mean, it's a good spot, but it just didn't work out this time. Yeah, there were so many different terrains on that four-wheeler ride. Oh, yeah. We had a bridge to nowhere, which was an enormous bridge made of two-by-fours. Yeah. That we had to lift or winch the four-wheeler. Every time. Every day. Every day. And then we'd hook up the meat wagon. And then in the beginning, either me or Adam rode on the meat wagon. 
yeah, which, which was, is a, a cool trailer that was made to haul out moose, but instead it was hauling our gear and us. So me and Tyler say would be on the four wheeler, and then you would be yeah back on the meat wagon bumping around. And I made it two trips. Yeah, yeah. And then all three of us got on the Polaris four hundred. So there were three of us on that. With the meat wagon and all our gear, then the trail. So there was the Bridge to Nowhere. What was after that? The Bridge day? to Nowhere was then... Uh, the Tussocks. That's the technical term for okay. them. We're not going to use the politically okay. incorrect yeah, yeah, name yeah. for them. Yes, very, very, Tussocks. very bumpy, tundra like round. Grass clumps, yes. you know. Yeah. It'd be the equivalent of moguls if you were skiing. Yeah. Yes, but you couldn't go around them. Straight and then, then there was the bog. The floating bog, per yeah. se. Yeah. So as the week went on, it kept raining. So the first day, we had waders, and Kevin and I were stumbling along, falling down next to the four-wheeler, and then we decided to ride through it. And then every time, due to the fact that we were riding through it, the grass was dying, and the rain was increasing, Mm -hmm. we just sunk further and further and further every day. And what tends to happen, too, you know, and for the first few days, it, it it was not bad at all. And yeah, the combination of the grass dying and it breaks down a lot easier. But if you can avoid spinning out and you just slowly, you know, just throttle it enough to keep your wheels spinning over the, all that thick, heavy grass, you know, you'll just kind of float over it. But, you know, and every, when the grass starts to get tore up, and as there was several spots developing with the increased water too, you go down into a low spot and you got to gas it just a little bit to get out of it. But you go in that low spot and your tires push muck up out the other side and so you the hole ends up getting deeper and deeper in the angle you have mm-hmm. to to stay yeah. on top of i it. would i feel like i could safely say day one afternoon when me and adam were walking behind the four-wheeler we had our waders on and i don't think we ever got in a spot that was mid shin i don't feel like we did on the first no. on the first walk out and on the last one on the last walk last we night were the four the back of the 400 was underwater. And yeah. I fell down on my knees and had to have Kevin. Yeah. Oh, I thought <laughs> you just went straight to your waist. I didn't know you went, fell yeah. on your knees. No, I fell on my knees, but you I couldn't push. You had to push. You faker. And and I had to put my <laughs> I was like, man, that's deep. But not only that, it was a super <laughs> slow fall. So I yeah. thought he did it on purpose. <laughs> I did oh. not do it on purpose. <laughs> like, hey, take a picture of me, and Kevin. Then, and then I, he was like, help me. And I was like, what? And he was like, help me. <laughs> and so I thought he was joking. And I came over. And when I pulled you up, I sunk deeper. Yeah. You I thought out. both. I thought both of you guys were tipping over. I was on the brink of just did. losing and, all the electronics. And by the way, Kevin is. You, what is your position at Weatherby? I'm the marketing director. Marketing director. So camera guy, he got to come out here and be miserable without the chance of shooting one himself. So oh, hats fun. off yeah. to you. It's fun. Yeah. Um, but Get a yeah. good opportunity to make a cool film. So yeah, absolutely that but, uh, that four wheeler ride though. I, I was. I'm. It's a little little 400 carbureted, not even EFI. A few years, damn it, that thing's a little 400 I that could. <laughs> I mean, you know this, but the tires, if you wouldn't have oh, had yeah. brand new tires, there's no those, chance. Those, no mud, chance. those big mud light twos, they they changed, you know, a stock, stock tires on that thing. It's not very impressive, but you put those tires and wheel spacers on there and it really is a going machine. But the funnest part about it was the fact that every time we did this, hour and a half journey it was dark yeah so it was five thirty in the morning or it was nine thirty to 10 you know at night yeah and uh, so we got to do it in the night mm-hmm. i think we did 11 11, 11 trips. of those journeys i mean yeah. so we spent 
Or no, it was had to be an even number. No, no, because we started in the evening the first day. Oh, that's right. So we did five and a half days worth on it. So that'd that be 11 yeah. times, let's say, an hour and a half. We're talking... Some substantial time. We're talking some hours on that thing. All three oh, of us yeah. on and a 400. Working that, work, <laughs> working that thing hard the whole way. I'm just like waiting for a yeah. ping. Or, well, we did well, lose... the hitch, We pin. lost the hitch. We blew a fuse. But outside of that... That thing ran awesome. Yeah, I mean, we... Yeah. Hey, the real v- MVP of this whole thing was that meat wagon. Never had an issue out of the meat wagon. No, that thing no, was there. awesome. It was like custom welded up here or something? Yeah. yeah. It was ready to haul a moose. But we just put chainsaws and and tarps and guns and packs and... Camp chairs and... Yeah. 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 But, yeah, so... Yeah, our routine, we'd go through this and, yeah, we get through the boggy stuff and it, there's just the whole trail's not something you can cruise... Um, putts and at barely rolling speed. It was about the same speed as a walk. About, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. we could walk, a lot of times we were walking mm-hmm. right at the same speed. Yep. Yeah, but, but it was uh, brutal, to, you know, as you would expect. Yes. And it, it, to walk through knee high water for oh, three you're, miles. You're like, your legs end up getting when you're just yeah. on everyone having to like pull it out of the ground. It, it's, Rough. yeah. Walking, well, like tundra miles are different than normal miles. Oh, mm-hmm. big time. And <laughs> I, uh, I feel like as the trip went on, we became way more efficient. At, like it take any any kind of new thing, it takes you a little bit to yeah. get everything ironed out. And yeah, was, we also knew where every hole was. We started yeah. marking them, and we would just jump off <laughs> we before did. we got to them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we knew the trail good. But uh, proud to say, we never stuck never stuck the thing once. Mm-mm. The only time we had to use the winch was coming out of that bridge that, to nowhere because it was too steep. But uh, and wet. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, uh, so my plan, you know, it had these guys coming up to hunt with me and it was, you know, no pressure, right? President of CEO of Weatherby. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, and I figured out this spot to go and of course crossing my fingers, I was going to try to fly it and didn't get a chance to and think, all right, well, this should be good. And I did walk out there before you guys got up here to check the trail, make sure I could run, I could run it with the four wheeler and, um, my plan was to get out there and get up on this ridge where we can see where it's <laughs> going to be nice, a nice little clear area. Maybe we got to not, you know, take a machete to a little bit of brush because it's in a burned area that, you know, burned a while back. And we'll get up there where we can see a mile in every direction and call and call and be able to glass moose, have two or three spotting scopes set up and a tent. And that kind of went out the window the first day. Yeah, we'll never go back to that hill ever again. <laughs> Went back to the hill and it was downed timber. Burn. Burned down timber where to get 20 yards was five minutes of excruciating over, under, stuck Yeah, up on this hill. So we got up on the hill and couldn't see anything. And, you know, you look at it from a distance and you see it's yellow, you know, yellow, like all these leaves turning. Like, oh, Oh, that looks like it's about a foot deep. Try like all eight foot birch saplings, like jungle. Like, yeah, you know, you could get through them, but but as soon as we got up there, we actually saw moose sign. Yeah, and we ended up seeing really uh, two of the four moose that we saw <laughs> the entire week. That first night, we ran into no, we saw five. Okay, five. Sorry, five moose. Didn't mean to. <laughs> but we saw a cow and a calf up there. Yeah, yep. we saw a cow and a calf. 
And, and I uh, thought it was a bull initially. Yeah. Because we were... Uh, that would have been nice. We were just pounding up there, and I think we climbed up on that stump, and I raked a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I thought I heard a bull raking back over the side that the four-wheeler was on. Yeah. And I think it was just that cow, you know, hitting sticks, knocking sticks together or something. Yeah, because I was watching those sticks. Then we can, we can hear it getting closer and closer, and I'm like, oh, man, like... I know we're going to have to shoot one if he comes in, but this is going to be a nightmare getting him off this hill. Um, yep. But anyway, coming and coming, and then, oh, it's just right there. I can't see. You can't. And it ended up being a cow and a calf. But they came up to like 20 yards yeah. away. Oh, if, man. if that. Yeah. I they mean, were they were right there. Kevin, you got some cool photos I of, did, of yeah. the cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was one of the few moments that the sun was actually out. Yep. Yeah, that first night. So the yellow leaves, like it was just, it was a cool moment. Yeah, really vibrant. So I think kind of when that night ended, although it was late and it was a long journey out, I remember that night, we were encouraged. I mean, the weather was kind of there. Oh, yeah. We was, saw moose. We were like, was, yeah, we're going to do this. You know, it was clear. And uh, and when we, after we got all the way back to the four-wheeler and got it back to the main trail, Remember, we, I think it was there. I shut it off and grunted and scraped, scraped mm-hmm. sometimes, and then instantly cows call, started bellowing and calling, which, right. you know, a kind of a, a side note, and we'll come back to the end of day one. It's funny, moose hunting up here is with, I'm sure, every other type of hunting, you know, where you're dealing with, you're hunting during the rut, and depending on the rut a lot of times to get stuff moving, all season long it's oh they're not they're not rutting yet they're not rutting yet and you know hearing that just from guys that aren't seeing any rutting activity and and the weather's one thing it's been a warm september like warm and wet and i don't think that it necessarily means that the rut's not happening i think it's just that they become more my opinion is they become more nocturnal and doing it when it's cool and Mm -hmm. You know, it's just when it gets really cold and they're comfortable, they're going to be comfortable moving around and chasing cows more. Yeah. But uh, leading up into this, I heard, oh, the rut's not happening yet. And I was like, it's got to happen any day. And so that was really encouraging. As soon as I started hearing those cows going off. Which is kind of why we came towards the end of the season, because you had said, typically it's when it's coldest and, you know, it's when they're moving and calling the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes... In a matter of two or three days, like even just around town, not see bulls all summer long. And then in a matter of two or three days, all of a sudden it seems like there's bulls everywhere. Mm. Yeah. Um, so it do, it does make a difference, I think, is what from what we see. But when guys, oh, the rut's not happening. I think it, it's happening. The cows are getting bred or doe, you know, deer or whatever the animal is. Like it's going to happen. Um, weren't you saying, Kevin? Yeah, I was that, just saying that. I've always thought just for, you know, I'm primarily grew up whitetail hunter and started moving out West, but the, I always thought it was funny cause you know, we only get to spend half the day trying to find animals and the other half of that day, they're still out there. They're yeah. Like don't, they're not doing the same thing we're doing. Yeah. We're just not out there looking at them. Mm-hmm. And of course they're going to do what they always do. It's, it's the biological it's clock. just they're they're doing it. Yeah, I mean, you know they're making it happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are making it happen. <laughs> but it's just it's like you know the circumstances that may push them to be uh, thinking about a good way to word this. 
to where their movements overlap with our time yeah. looking for them or hunting them. Yeah, it's just like whitetails. You go yeah. to a, a gas station or something, oh, it's just not cold enough. Oh, they're just not moving. All oh, you know, blah, blah. It's like, well, check your trail camera because I bet they're there at midnight yeah. running hard. You yeah. know, it just... They they still have babies in the spring, so mm-hmm. something happened in the fall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we just didn't happen to see it. Yeah, and uh, so I guess back to yeah day one where I was like, ah, oh, we're gonna we're gonna do good, and I think we got up a little late. We didn't get the getting up on time tuned in right away. That was part of the learning curve. Well, like four fifteen instead of four. <laughs> so wasn't like that, that bad. <laughs> But we still we, hadn't mastered the trail either. That's no. that's true. And so we, we put out there, and since the hill obviously wasn't going to be happening, um, we're thinking, oh, well, let's get closer to this lake. Because that's, you know, that's where I anticipated these moose hanging out And that's where we primarily. heard the cow call the night before. Yeah. yeah. So we get, I don't know, three quarters of the way out there or so and stop, shut the machine off for a while, rake, grunt cow you know off over there okay wait to hear because doing that basically we we're just trying to work our way closer to the lake and in case there was a bull without just blowing through there we could in theory hear him grunting or raking back you know before we blew him out of there mm. and uh so we just kept getting closer and closer and we uh got to the lake finally or it was right by the lake on the trail we see an alder an alder that had freshly been snapped off and rubbed on mm-hmm. and it was a pretty it wasn't that cold but it was cl- nice and clear and you could hear a long ways and we get through the we heard that cow right there at that tree as yeah well. yeah she was still yeah. hollering yeah and we uh so we got up just to the edge of the lake and all this stuff is just horrendous to get through boggy and downed you know old burned trees and stuff like that we get there and i remember just scraping a little scraping a few times and grunting and then we heard a moose i mean couldn't have been a hundred yards over to our left walking in the brush yeah and so it kind of i guess the next few moments moments <laughs> next, were just pandemonium were nuts. basically the whole trip was in those five minutes we've relived those <laughs> moments we did yeah. today the whole way back in the boat in the car well if we could uh if we should uh because this was the one moment that we saw a bull and he was a big one and it just so happens that it has the exact same timing of someone else right so there were, we were <laughs> slightly intervening and so we were looking across we we were down there and Tyler starts raking and Kevin's kind of getting set up and getting his camera stuff. And I'm, you know, we're setting our packs down and we're right there on the lake. So the first thing is we hear a moose a hundred yards from a sloshing and we're, shh, okay, listen, oh, there's moose right over here. And then that was the first part. Then stage two came where a float plane starts coming over. Like Cause we were immediately, there was nobody means, yeah. on the ground. We saw zero people on the ground. Yeah. Zero people. I mean, it's very, you know, Tyler did a great job getting us back there where nobody would go. Now, once you've been on the four-wheeler once or twice, you know why nobody's there. But uh, so we were there, and this float plane comes in and starts to circle the lake that we're on. And I didn't think the lake was really long enough for the float plane to land on, but it starts circling. Well, as it's circling, we're hearing the moose next to us. Then we're looking at this plane. And then all of a sudden, Kevin goes, there's moose. There's a bull. On the other side of the lake. Yeah. Well, how far was that? 500 yards? 500 yards where they came was, out of the brush. 
Yeah, they came out at 500, kind of ended up going to, they were somewhere between five and 800 yards yeah. across the lake. So all of a sudden now we got this moose next to us. We got that we don't know what it is. And then we got this plane buzzing above. Like audibly very loud. Very low. Too. Oh, yeah. I mean, a couple hundred feet probably. Yeah. yeah. And was buzzing, buzzing, you know, circles over it. And at that moment, Kevin was immediately down getting his tripod with yeah. his 60 power zoom camera out so we can actually get yeah. a picture of a bull. I'm starting to <clears throat> take off my pack and start thinking about, okay, am I going to be shooting a bull? What are we going to be doing? And basically what happens is, Tyler, you got him up in the glass. Yep. And we just realized this is a big bull. And so the bull... What did I say? I was like, that's a 65-inch bull. <laughs> like, yeah. And and it started, basically, it was the... the He was chasing the cow. Yeah. And yet, there was the buzzing of the plane going on. We don't know exactly what did it, but he never stopped. And the bottom line is, we only yeah. saw him, for what we would guess, at most, 30 seconds. Because he, yeah. you know, the plane... The way I remember it, the plane came in, and to back it up, I think it was that same plane we saw circle in the lake oh, the, the night before yeah. when we were up on the ridge and then flew over us, yeah. like heading back out. And, you know, when he was circling over there, I'm like, oh, I bet. He's seeing I him. bet he, I'm like, he's seeing a bull, a good bull over there. And then, and then. And then he circled. I thought that that other lake that was just like three quarters of a mile from the end of the one was not landable. And uh, anyway, but then he circled back around, came yeah. right back over us, over the top of when us. When he left, he went right over the so top. So he of flew us. over us. We start to then glass this bowl, and at that point, he was kind of running, trotting, dancing. It was very ruddy behavior. Yeah. Or I've been spooked by the plane behavior. Or but a he was right on the tail of that cow. Yes. And so he was trotting, and at one point, he turned away from us, and you just see his big old butt bouncing, and you see, you know paddles sticking way out on either side huge of bull and then vanish right into the trees never to be seen again well yeah and so seen again they Maybe go in the again. brush and they're <laughs> yes, where seen. he where he came out was about 500 yards from where we were and where he went in the tr- in the in the alders and and brush was like 800 and I mean, you could just, you know, hear his antlers bouncing off all them sticks going back in there. And uh, I don't know, it all happened so fast. It's kind of just like, uh. Yeah, we and, we relived it now. And I, I've got, well, Tyler, could I have, you know, got down, got a rest, obviously, for that distance, you know, popped off a shot. Well, he never stopped. He never stood broadside. And mm-hmm. it was all happened and the plane was going like we didn't even know what was Happening by the time we saw there was a moose, we never got him in a spotter, you know, to verify he was a legal bull for a non-resident, you know, for yeah, me for, shooting. For has a non-resident, be, has to be 50 inches or have four, four brow tines points. on one side, which he was a bull that one look in the binos at 500 yeah. yards, oh yeah, yeah, that's a legal bull. Right. Um, and that's the beauty of it. Tyler is a resident, can shoot any bull. So it was kind of, if a little bull comes by, Tyler's going to shoot yeah. it. If a big one comes by, you know, I'll shoot it. Yeah. But it all happened so fast, I just remember being kind of dumbfounded. Like, we didn't even have time to formulate a plan. Yeah. But in hindsight, we had given this, and it's funny because you can always, like, change one or two details in your mind. But, well, if you're going to change one or two, might might as well have him come walking (laughs) right up Yeah, might as well shoot the bull. But, uh... Uh, I don't. Given that situation, even completely set up, ready to shoot, he didn't give 
a no. single good shot. He didn't present himself well. Yeah. At all. It was yeah. too quick. Been we we relived it because it was our only opportunity. Yeah. And and I think you do that in hunting. There's a lot of Monday morning quarterback, you know, scenarios during the hunting season. You know, when you and you come back and you replay it over. Now a lot of them you really do make errors mm-hmm. or you just formulate you're like, I formulated the wrong plan. Those are actually the hardest to live with. However, you learn from them, right? Yeah. But I think in this case, it was truly. You could give us that scenario three more times, and it, it wouldn't. It it wasn't. Uh, even if we had it planned out, it's not as if. I think the only thing is if we'd have got to the lake earlier. But yeah. We didn't know all that was happening. We just didn't. Know, or or so. if you know another. If the plane wasn't there. And this is going to be the theme. One of the themes running through this this story is if that plane hadn't buzzed them and hadn't disturbed them, you know, would we, and we had just got there grunting a few times or you know, a couple cow calls, will it have, or would they have just naturally come back out and not left? Because they, whether the plane spooked one of the cows and he was just chasing her or it was just all 100, 100% natural behavior, which I don't know, after you've been buzzed at 150 feet. Yeah. For a little bit, you know, they, it does disturb them. Anyway, um, yeah, he went in, and so it was like 10 o'clock right then, and, and that cow was, was singing till like 10 o'clock, basically right till right before um, they got buzzed. And they went in the brush, and so we're all just kind of sitting there, sitting there with our pants down. <laughs> Not literally, obviously, <laughs> but... uh no, I feel like we made a plan pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, and the plan was to get around, go around the back of that lake, and there was a beaver dam that was, uh, or beaver lodge, not dam, beaver lodge that was within, we figured, 400 yards away, because they were, we knew they were going to go back there and bed, as it was that time of day, and uh, the plan was to get over there close enough and try grunting at that bull, and make him think we were another, because they, you know, the cow was responding to our raking and grunting for the past mile down the road. Like, that bull heard all that. And so, yep. he's got the impression that another bull's getting closer and closer and closer. And if you can, you know, kind of like I hear elk are sometimes, you get close. And That'd that no bull choice. thinks yeah. that bull's right, you're right there. And he was a big bull. He wasn't, he wasn't going to be scared of anybody. Yeah. Um, to anyway to try and coax him back out and get him to come running back over to us and that didn't work oh spent a long time on that beaver dam yeah so the beaver lodge the the bummer about it was the, the poor mommy and daddy beaver were out on the water for <laughs> eight hours while we sat on top of their house for eight hours and they were waiting for us to leave and super it, strong build though it oh, was a, all three of us were on that great lodge, lodge. great it's a great, great lodge. facility <laughs> it and it rained on us and we did hear, end up hearing, hearing the bull that afternoon raking. Yeah, it was like bit, one, so. two o'clock in the afternoon. He must have got up because I had been periodically raking and and whatnot. And then he got up and raked, and he was right, you know, sounded about where we thought he was. And uh, but that was it. He wasn't getting aggressive or anything. And another hindsight in that case, you know, I've wondered quite a few times: should we have just pushed it after him? Which everything in you in the normal circumstance you don't want to do that you'll no. bust him. Yeah, and, it was day and two. He's gone. It was yeah. day two. We got fig- activity fig- like crazy. And I think yeah. I said like, all right, well, we'll go over there and get kind of a 
fairly close and try to get him, but you know we don't want to push him out. Yeah, we don't want him to take his cows and, and run. So kind of a gentle, pro well, you know probing thick too. If we were to go after him, I mean it would have been you know no visibility. Yeah, and also he would have heard us coming the minute we stepped off the lodge. Although what you know. The trick is you try to sound a little. It, it, the noise doesn't always spook them because they they're so I'm used. They make so much noise. Yeah. Okay, but uh, and I think that's a, Kevin and I all week. I think we're used to calling in. We're we're used to elk hunting, and so I think you know with moose, there's just a lot of things you do different. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're still calling them and whatever, but you can spook off an elk. It seems like uh, a lot easier. I mean, you've talked about stories of calling in, you know, moose with chainsaws and all sorts yep. of things. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can't do that elk hunting. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's, uh, they're a different animal, and, the, you know, and that's, you know, a lot of times kind of their weakness and their rut, but yeah. it's it still can take some, you never know exactly what's going to happen. Well, obviously. It still can take some We spent quite a few days doing. in the bush trying to. <laughs> yeah, so, going. but they we. got the best of us. You yep. know, we had pretty good weather, and so we'd, or we're just going to sit here. Until they get up and start calling in the evening, and maybe those cows will pull them back over this way. Well, it was it was about an hour of daylight left, right? Yeah, probably seven o'clock, mm-hmm. maybe a little after when you know all of a sudden hear raking the other direction. You know, sound, sounded like you know four or five hundred yards away or closer. Yeah, and we jumped up. So yeah, we jumped up and and raked and grunted back at him and he just kind of they you can tell when they're and i thought he was i thought we were for sure going to kill him because you can tell they get they start getting worked up when you rake and grunt once or twice and then they they start raking immediately and then they're like just firing off grunts you know because normally a couple of them is is just normal yeah, he was really responsive. Behavior, but yeah, he was like for about five minutes. Yeah, immediately, and so we're thinking, oh, well, let's try to get. We didn't have grid visibility in that direction, so I was like, well, if we can push towards him a little bit, that might antagonize him to come. And there was a little bit better visibility once we got up in that burn stuff. But, but yeah, it wasn't very long. We chased him, and he just had shut up, walked away. Shut up. Well, we could hear him grunting, getting quieter. And then we heard grunting and raking back in another direction that wasn't very far away. So I don't know what happened to him. I've been thought to myself, was I too aggressive? You know, could it have been a smaller bull and scared him off? Should I just have cow called? Yeah. You know, it's it's funny sometimes the frustration trying to call him in and stuff doesn't work. And then you can do stuff like chopping firewood and have him come walking right into camp. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, that was a great day. I mean, we thought we were in the moose. Oh, and we were. We, and that oh, whole, yeah, yeah. that whole around, all around that lake, everything we walked around, there was just beat with moose, moose tracks. Yeah. And I was complete. I wasn't. I wasn't worried a bit. I was completely, hundred percent positive we were going to kill two moose there. And uh, then Adam had to look at the weather forecast. <laughs> it was wet. What just forecast? What it it was showing like ninety percent chance of rain every yeah, day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we went, we rode on the four wheeler two hours back in the dark in the rain. Actually, there there was a little bit of a system there. Yeah. About noon to two, it stopped raining every day. And you're like, oh snap, this might get awesome. And then it was usually pretty good. And then as soon as we got on the four wheeler, it was like 
something new. We were on the four wheeler and it started raining in the dark and we'd go to sleep in the, in the rain and then we'd come back out in the rain. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And I mean, obviously you always just then wonder what, what are they doing when that's happening? Because really then the next four days we didn't, we may have heard a cow a couple times, may have heard a grunt a couple times. Mm-hmm. Unconfirmed though. Tough. Yeah. And, and don't know for sure. And so all of a sudden, like, those same moose are there, the tracks are there, the sign are there, you know, going back to what you guys were talking about with them being in the rut and everything. And then it's, well, where are they <laughs> and and what are they doing? And so we went back really to that same area, you know, day after day, then thinking that, you know, at some point, um, you know, we got to find out what's going on. But then what happened is, I guess, moving to the next day is we went up, found some high territory and ended up setting up a tarp because we knew we weren't going to make it sitting in the rain for 12 hours out there. Yeah, we'd started out on the lake that morning thinking, all right, well, there's right. a good chance they're going to be back in this. And we but could we see really the, well. On that beaver lodge for eight hours, of which it rained on and off all day, no shelter. It was like, you know, we didn't want to do that maybe for five more days. Yeah. yeah. So we went up and Tyler was prepared. So uh, we got some wood and set up the tarp and had our little camp chairs and kind of had a central area that was a little higher that was about probably what three quarter mile from that lake i'll bet no it was le- it was like a quarter mile was that it okay four four or five hundred yeah. yards maybe it's in it was yeah. really aside from i would have liked it to be a nice 50 foot tall yeah. bare top hill um we could really see pretty well, you know, those moose yeah. are going to be, t- especially with their the paddles will be taller than that brush. So in most directions, we could see pretty well for five to eight, 900 yards. Yeah. And, uh, but it was close enough to those lakes and it was actually between two lakes that if a bull comes through looking for a cow, like it's the spot to be, to get it, to pull him over there. And still be able to have a chance of seeing him. Well, you know, we're easily within earshot of that whole and area. And at there. the time, we were the only hunters in the entire area. So we knew if we heard a cow call, it was a cow, not a person. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, we we felt pretty confident about getting that bull up until... That first evening that we were back there. The comes yep. back... So that would have been, so Wednesday morning was when we saw that bull, yep. and then Thursday afternoon or evening, in comes the same, what we believe to I be- I know it was the same plane, The yeah. same float plane that buzzed him, came over, circled over down there where we thought the bull was in like that four area. four or five times, and he, you know, in his, his loops, because he would, he, he would go, he'd circle around, or really he would kind of fly straight, he wasn't doing tight circles, but- He'd fly straight into the wind because the wind was blowing. All right, he'd fly into the wind where he could go slower, and then he'd make a loop and fly back downwind right over the top of us, you know, like 150 feet maybe. Yeah, yeah. we know he saw us. He flew us. right over us, and we had a blue tarp out there. Yeah, Right over us, and then he'd make another loop back around right where we thought that moose was. And anyway, made three or four loops and then landed on that lake. Yeah. And we're thinking, great, a, a different lake, not the same lake, not the, the not the lake we on. saw him next, on, but it's 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 an, another one that's about a, almost was a, yeah. right about a mile from where we were at, mm-hmm. and I can't remember, you know, 
whether it was that evening or the next morning the that next, we heard the first calls. We heard, no, it was, we it heard was, calls that evening. Yeah. And then the next morning it was pretty hefty in that direction. And we were, and it's tough because that's where we expected to hear moose from, but also we're like, we're going to hear this. If it's quiet, we're going to hear this guy too. So you don't know what's real. You know, you're basically yep. having a calling contest, but you don't know which one's a real moose or not. Cause from a long ways away, it all, it sounds like a real one. And the one thing that made me doubt that it was all him was we heard raking and a bull grunting that sounded way closer than where he, cause he was at least a mile. And yeah. so it, it was just frustrating though. Cause it's, it's just not near as exciting when you're like, yeah. oh, I don't know if the, but I got to play this game with them in case it is a real one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that you experienced that in elk hunting a little bit too. You know, we have same sort of things whenever there's calling you then don't know, especially if they're a good caller. <laughs> yeah. When they're a good caller, you don't, you don't know. Yeah. When they aren't, you kind of, no, you kind of know pretty quick. Uh, moose is, oh, that's, you know, it's a little bit easier to mimic a little bit than a bugle. <laughs> and, and, and the cow calls are just Hey, Adam was obnoxious. a professional cow caller Adam got three Adam, shots. Adam got it down pretty good. The first two were pretty bad, but the third one was just money. He's never gone back. <laughs> Even a child can do it. No. <laughs> but, uh, no, I could, when you guys were down, when we split up that one night and you were down at the lake, you let a couple rip, and I thought they sounded pretty good. Well, yeah. Thanks, Tyler. It really means a lot coming from you. I bet it does. Wow. I got a video of him raking, though, and that was... That was tough. <laughs> we didn't. Have, we didn't have anything. To we rake didn't with. have anything to rake with, so we were getting sticks, and I was just beating trees. And no, yeah. it sound, but it from a long ways away, it sounds yeah. right. Oh, good. See, Kevin. Okay. Okay. Not bad. All right. Um. <laughs> and so that it was the down. evening after that guy landed. So, yeah. and he did not shoot the same day he landed, but which is legal. So that evening good. we, you know, as far in. You know, we're we're pissing and moaning about this, but as far as we saw, I don't think he did anything illegal. Right. It's just frustrating when you know, you're you think you think you got the spot to yourself and some guy comes in and cherry picks the bull you're after. And then kinda of what Kevin and I were saying is he may have been a local that'd been flying there for a couple of weeks. Could have him been. Out, he could came have been. and thought we were stealing. Yeah, he's his the one bowl. calling us a jerk. Yeah, right. It's like, these be. guys are coming in and stealing my bull. Right. <laughs> we're like, oh, this guy's coming in and stealing our bull. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hashtag public lands. Right? I was That's just right. about to, hashtag public lands warrior. Start the revolution. That's right. Anyway, um, <laughs> so no, that's what happens when you hunt on public lands. You don't know who you're going to run into. Yeah. That's what that's what we experienced. So a shot was fired. A shot we was have fired. Tried to come up with every possible solution as to how or what has happened. On and that this side is of the lake. and this is after this is when it got weird because you know that shot. All right, God is moose. I think you threw your hat down or some you grass. You did. Or- Kevin and I were just walking down to the lake to go call that yep. night to the, the closer lake. And we were walking away. We're 50 yards away walking through a swamp. Oh, yeah. It was knee high. And all of a sudden, we hear the shot. I actually didn't hear it. Yeah, the I tapped you on the shoulder. Up. I was like, oh, God. He's like, the shot. Die. We turn around, and Tyler just runs out and just throws his hat on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Which I I don't know. It's just so weird. You never know what direction his muzzle was pointed, but I just I guess it was pretty close to wherever that lake was. Yeah. It, but it, I, I mean, also don't know what he shot. And 
you uh anyway so yeah and just you start wondering really all this stuff is probably very has a very simple explanation but it got weird because the next morning then we were hearing calling again mm-hmm. thinking well what the heck happened what if he shot his bull and it was small plane yeah small plane it little, was a plane it was there. a satabria so you know he would not be able to get a bull out in one load that's the that's the that's where it starts getting a little weird too and so the next morning more calling over there hmm, okay well let's play the game Keep super low news. cloud ceiling so yeah the clouds are super low and we hear another shot that sounded closer like not very far away at Smaller all caliber. but it did it, it yeah that's what it sounded like. It never so, really kind of did that that resonation thing, yeah. So obviously not shooting a weathery, <laughs> <laughs> right? But uh, those Alaskans in their two forty threes up yeah. here, you know, yeah. got to watch out for those guys. <laughs> we uh, hear this guy shoot, and then what? It was, I mean, relatively close to cut up a moose time later. If he was right there. The guy takes off and looks like he's super heavy, mm-hmm. and we're all and he's the ceiling's pretty low, but it's flyable. No horns, no horns on it. No, which you know he wouldn't. I wouldn't expect him to sure. have anyway. The first load takes off, looks super heavy, super low and slow, and just is doing circles like he's trying to gain elevation to get over the trees. That's what it looked like, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, then sat her back down. Sat her back down. And yeah. then that was the last we heard no, that day. No. No, was it later no, that day? a few day hours he, later, yeah. he does take off, and then... He just takes off and leaves. Yeah. And then... Still, yeah, and then, still no answers. No, so it means he did take a trip out. He came back a couple hours later, and then we never saw him take we'll off. Take off again, which it would he make... He would have snuck out of there? No. I don't think so. No, no way. We, one of us we was there. all... We, we were there yeah. all the time. If it was daylight, unless he flew out at midnight. No, yeah, because we we got there bef- <laughs> with it raining and no visibility. Yeah, it looked like he was kind of scared to begin with. We so. got there before shooting yeah. light and left after shooting light. Yep. Anyway, partly because of our obsession with this plane. <laughs> yeah, that, that's <laughs> not so much about the moose. We just wanted to see what this plane was <laughs> no. doing. But uh, so after that. Yeah, we didn't see him or hear anything again, and it just what didn't make sense is that. I don't know, you get a moose down, you're going to want to get the thing out of there, get back to town. And he... He just kind of hung around. He maybe, very possibly, but he took that, you know, load or trip out and then came back and, um, you know, after about 20 minutes, I'm like, how long does it take to load the rest of the meat in your airplane? You know, because most guys, when they're ferrying stuff, it's not messing around time, especially with bad weather. It's like you go when it's good. Yeah, and there were a lot of good windows yeah. while we were out there. I mean, it, how many more days was it? Two, three more days? Two more, two more, two for more sure. for sure. That he never left. Yeah. Plain anyway, so. And we heard other gunshots. We did hear other gunshots um, in different, dire- like back towards yeah. the river, I think. Yeah. Might have been on all the moose over there. Could all of them are dead. Could have killed all <laughs> of them. <laughs> but we. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, that's, I mean, basically the gist of the story and i guess kind of to back up a little bit the or the theory in calling from one spot like that you would i'd take you would probably never do that for elk unless you know, you're just trying to locate i mean like, like would trying. you say there 
if you're in elk, you don't leave the elk. Yeah, I always so you mean, don't leave elk to find elk. Yeah, mm. if you're in the elk and you know they're around, even though you might not be getting the best opportunities, if you've gone six, seven, eight miles, and you got some sort of spike camp out there, and you know you're around elk, mm-hmm. I would never leave that spot to go find more elk. Yeah. Oh, maybe this spot could be better. I would never do that. Yeah, and, I think what's so weird is then they went quiet. So you know, for when you're out there and you're hunting and you're talking for. You know, twenty hours of hunting. You know, you're not hearing uh, you a know, single grunt or cow anything. Then you just start to wonder what the heck happened. Yep. Now, as we came back into town today, we saw another you know guy at the river. You know, they hunted. There were four of them hunting for eight days. Covered a lot, like two hundred twenty miles. Two hundred twenty miles on the river. They saw one bull and one cow in eight days. And then we heard for, through some other sources and other friends and different things kind of all day that it's it's just been a really hard week. Uh, just the whole season in general has been yeah. has been a tough one. And obviously a lot of that had to do with, with weather. I mean, you know, like, I mean, Tyler, you say, mm-hmm. you know, when it's clear and it's cold, um, you know, and it's frosted out, you know, like your dad said today, man, if it's 15 degrees and frosty, they're just going to be everywhere. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, 40 and rainy. Pretty yep. much the whole time. That's not 15 and frosty. And windy. So, and so right. it was just everything, just just you know, taking the plane out of it. The weather alone made it tough. You know, there are areas where you can gl- use glassing as your primary, right. you know, locating mm-hmm. method. That's not really an option for that country or any like real low flat country. No. Um, and this time of the year calling is like is, you have to rely is on them like the best most reliable method and sure and it's almost counterintuitive and i think i told you guys beforehand like it's it it is hard to do but and we we say stay and call at the same spot i mean the same spot for day you know and i i i still like can't believe that it didn't that we didn't get at least one bowl because yeah. it was a really good spot but um when the weather's nasty, you got rain or wind, it just cuts down the distance that those bulls can hear you. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's when it's clear and cold, a you have the fact that they're more they're moving a lot later during you know during the daylight hours, looking for cows harder, and they can hear a lot farther when it's when in those conditions. So you know, I think under the right circumstances, you can have bulls hear you from two or three miles away. And if you're you're calling from the same spot every day, you eventually, even in a low density area, you know you're gonna catch one coming through where they can hear you. Mm-hmm. And if they're looking for cows, they're gonna come. Hmm. So it's it's super counterintuitive, and it's one thing, and it gets really frustrating when it's not working. Um, I don't know. I think I said like moose hunting super boring until it's not, and and you it got a just, lot of work on your hands. It just, yeah, it just wasn't boring at first, and then it got boring. <laughs> I think one of the other things is is the accessibility in this type of country. I mean, you know, when we're hunting, say, down in Wyoming or something, it's like, we, we want to go do something. There's thick areas, and sure, there, there are rivers and, you know, rocky peaks and whatever. But, I mean... You can walk. There, there were, you, can, you can walk, for, yeah. for the most part. And here, it was like... Okay, Beat if, you down. If, like back, you know, back at back at home, whatever in the lower forty-eight, right? Mm-hmm. Like it seems like most times, like if you want to go a mile, 
you know, more to kind of go scout something and shoot something. Like you don't even think about that for a half a second if you think you're going to have better chance of success. Yeah. There's the two things that I think really were different about this type of scenario and honey moose and kind of low wet lands like that is one, the amount of water in swamps and bogs and <laughs> lakes that are just maybe near impossible to get through. Mm-hmm. And then even, you know, we had, you know, waders on and everything. And then I think two is the size of the animal that you then have to pack out. And so yeah. when you're talking, I mean. A minivan. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah. you're talking a large animal that's well over double the size of, of an elk, right? As far as. I would say meat. on average, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're talking most of the time probably seven to eight full heavy loads. Mm-hmm. And you're, you know, through stuff that that's the thing then you're hiking so you put weight on your back you put 75 pounds on your back or 100 or 150 or 175 because you said i mean a a 65 inch 65 inch horns is gonna weigh how much i mean yeah probably if you did like the whole skull and antlers probably 75 pounds right just right there and then what happens is even i mean none of us are that huge and weigh that much but you start to do that you're just sinking and every leg step becomes harder so so you really have to kind of think a lot more about do i want to kind of go back there so to get to where we thought where this other guy landed the the plane guy landed on the lake you know there was a creek that was you know like very i mean it was probably armpit deep on me yeah right you know like you like we said we can always look back and think things but had that not been a boggy area would have killed that bull oh yeah like if that what you're saying yeah, but Adam, he wouldn't have been there for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we go back to changing yeah. things it, yeah. Might, yeah. might as well just kill the yeah. bull but yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. like if it was not that boggy right. we would have just eased on around to the left come out on top of him seen where he was he'd have raked we'd have moved in on him it'd have been right. super easy i said to kevin once we were hiking along and i said i'm really glad i'm not a moose because no. this sucks right no. now yeah like it's just rough. walking like getting places and they're like oh this is great and then i'm freezing because i'm wet and cold and it's you know in the upper 30s or something and the, those moose are going gosh i can't wait till it you know cools off yeah till it cools yeah. off and gets to 10 or 15 degrees till yep. it's comfortable crazy yeah yeah and uh and you know i do quite a bit of sheep hunting so it's not like like rough and it's hard but it's man i i think we had we made the decision we had to go set up a little like mini camp that that tarp to get out of the rain and fire because boy you can only you can only mentally handle sitting consistent on the wet ground that's, in the rain, in your rain gear for so long. That's actually this. I've been on a lot more physically exhausting trips where you put a lot more miles on your feet. Yeah. This was more mentally exhausting mm-hmm. where it's both because we weren't seeing moose that kind of just, you know, mm-hmm. discourages you. And then, you know, just constantly being wet and, and tired and having no sleep. So none of that was like, oh, I can't physically do this. But it, it was a very mentally challenging yeah. hunt, I felt. Yeah, it and was, a, um, and you know we're trying to get sleep alone, trying to get cat naps during the day, but it, it doesn't. I was help. the only successful one. Yeah, we look over there at one point, and Kevin's in his waders. He's got chest waders on, lying down under the tarp <laughs> in the mud. He's got his, his arms, arms down in his chest. Waders. If you don't know Kevin, he's a very tall gentleman, six five, yeah, yeah, close six five, yeah. six five, uh, but, very very skinny, but but a, a rather thin gentleman, <laughs> and so. 
He has to get like extra large waders so they're tall they're enough for a 400 can, pound man. You can fit two and a half Kevins <laughs> in yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. So we look over there and he's got his arms tucked down in his waders in a fetal position lying on the mud and slept that way for two plus hours. Yeah, no. I woke up and you guys were like, man, you've been sleeping. We've I was been like, what time is it? And you were like, three o'clock. I was like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> oh god that was rough yeah i we i almost fell off the four-wheeler yeah a we talked about that like, too yeah falling asleep yeah on the four-wheeler going through the bog there were times <laughs> where i was like am i asleep in my head i'm thinking my eyes are closed <laughs> like my body was shutting down <laughs> yeah it was it yeah it was it was definitely oh uh, i so. just hated that and i mean I, we but we did do really well, I thought, as far as getting up on time. We were basically out there on time before shooting light every every morning. But that's also a big plus because you're one of the best ATV drivers I've oh. ever seen. Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, yeah. We went through stuff. I where drove for three minutes and got it stuck. Three minutes? More like 30 seconds. Yeah, let's go with seconds <laughs> on that one. First little hill. You were like, I'm going to walk a little while. Yeah, I was and like, all it hit the gas. <laughs> Tires just stuck. I couldn't have done any better. But you got to think we had 400 pounds on the back rack between me and Adam. Yeah, you were standing pretty so, much above the gas tank, and there were moments where the four wheeler at the back of it was touching the water. The muffler was oh, shooting water. Yeah. yeah. Like, was shooting right. air. That's why when the fuse blew, we're like, I wonder why the fuse blew. Uh, water? <laughs> water? Perhaps? And you were just cruising through it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was unbelievable how, how well. And granted, a lot of that, because it wasn't your typical mud bog. Yeah, it was more it, like it's, water. It's, yeah. it's water with this, like, veg- thick layers of vegetation and grass and stuff o- over the years that accumulates. It, it's... You know, when you get that really heavy, soppy mud, although with that, that those tires on that four-wheeler, the only times I think I've ever actually stuck it and had to winch, which that happens, is is getting high-centered. Hmm. Or you, 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 because those tires will, will dig yes, so hard. Times. Yeah. That happened a dozen, dozen yeah, times, right? And, on and the tussocks? On the tussocks, yeah. We get high-centered on one and everybody jump off and just kind of push it and... Yep, trying to go not get right hit by again. the trailer on the way. Yeah, home. but I think overall, you know, a lot of people, you know, because there is so much phenomenal hunting in Alaska, and as a resident, you get the opportunity, you know, to hunt so many things just right off your license. So a lot of people, I think, always go, "Man, we could go do a do-it-yourself, you know, type of hunt, and you know, different the the ones that you're able to mm-hmm. without a guide." Which moose being one, and I think you know, we definitely realized this week. Though, I mean, there's a lot of work. You got to have some kind of boots on the ground, some know-how. Uh, I mean, in this case, we're we're talking, you know, a boat <laughs> with yeah. not just a boat, but a boat that only draws six inches because it's you know, it's you know, a jet, and you know, you start to add up the four wheeler and the meat wagon and the you know all the, the yeah. resources and things that are needed. I mean, there's a, a lot of effort that goes into in you know these hunts. Now there is, I know you've done some easier moose hunting before. Mm-hmm. You know the more non-adventurous type, and there is some of that. Certainly, that can be had in certain areas. But to, to truly do a real backcountry kind of do-it-yourself moose hunt, I think we definitely sure that or flying experience. Yeah, yeah. flying yeah, unless, in unless you fly, and you yeah. fly in, you're not going to want to shoot a more than a mile from where you get landed. I mean, that's what I tell everyone is like, do, is do not shoot a more than a mile from where you can get some kind of tran- motorized tramp- transportation. Some situations, even less, it's, it's just not, you can literally lose, and I don't know how common it is, probably not terribly common, but most people are smart about it, but 
you know, you could potentially lose your moose meat or a good portion of it if you do something stupid and, and you can't physically get it out in time. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Because it's a chore. And, and that's, you know, obviously another reason I wish we would have got one because then, you know, we could talk about yeah a little bit more of the, the difficulty and see, you know, of of taking one down and getting them out and just the the difference between care, some yeah, of the other care, some so. other animals like elk and and whatnot because they are impressively big yeah mm-hmm. but uh well yeah and it was, what? A, it was a fun trip yeah and fun you hunt. had a three hundred weather bee yep you were using a mark uh, uh, a weather mark so that was cool so that yeah. way he didn't get to shoot a well he got to test it's a weather mark it's a Cerakote gun and he mm-hmm. got to test out the all weather features never yeah. got to pull the trigger but. He uh, looked cool when he was on his four-wheeler with it slung around his back. Mm-hmm. He looked like, I don't know, some super tough guy. <laughs> with my real rain gear. Yeah. Yeah, your crab, crabbing boat. <laughs> my crabbing crab rain gear. <laughs> That's what's funny about this guy, Tyler, is, you know, a lot of people, it, it's, you know, there's a lot of people aspiring to be the real thing or, you know, it's all your gear matters and this and that. And Tyler uses gear in zero percent of it has to do with either fashion or popularity or whatever you see on social media it's what works what's going to keep me dry what's going to keep me warm what's going to get me to where the animals are what's going to get me out from where the animals are what's going to keep me safe you know that's what tyler uses so it's it's pretty cool and i think that's what i mean when you've you know when you've shot at your age 12 doll sheep you know you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing, and and you don't do that. And that's what's kind of yeah. cool. And it's some, so. you know, and some of the stuff is learn learning the hard way, close calls, and also I, I mean I try to absorb a lot of stuff from you know older guys or more experienced people that say, hey, you know, this happened to me one time, so I always carry like you know getting a fire going. Do you have any fire starter? Are you kidding me? I got fire starter in my bino pouch in my backpack. I got some more in there. Yeah. I got something else in my pocket, like. You and know, then, and, and then you had not only the fire starters. But oh, I had my chainsaw and an axe. Yeah, <laughs> and plenty really of like a nice chainsaw. And pr- yeah. plenty of, you know, fire killed standing dead spruce. Even though it's it's soaking wet on the outside, chainsaw and axe, I can knock it in round, split it, make kindling, and I mean get raging fires going in the pouring rain. Yeah, it was impressive. And uh, I mean that that really, even me, you know, kept my sanity. Otherwise, it. You can only take so much of it before it's like, well, we got to do sure. do something different. Yeah, and uh, just simple stuff like that. The old, you know, twelve ninety nine blue tarp and some some paracord and mm-hmm. and stuff to start we a fire. Used paracord because when we lost the hitch oh, out yeah. of the four wheeler <laughs> and the pin came out, we lost the the, the cotter the pin. The cotter pin. So we it's used a, paracord to put it back on. Little tip there. Yeah, we didn't even know. Yeah, that morning was frustrating. I was like, man. Blue fuse, too. There's got to be some, like, supernatural thing that's making this happen so we get out there just the right time to kill a moose, but it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah they, they start walking, you know, and I'm gassing up the wheeler and turn the key, nothing. Great. So I'm for a while. Did you guys hear me, like, no. yell, hey, guys? No. Oh, no. We were walking. We just, every morning, it's... Oh, dark 30, and we put on our packs in the first half mile, three quarters of a mile. Then Tyler meets us with the four wheeler, 
and yeah. we just put on our packs and go. go and then look. after a while, I'm like, I haven't heard Tyler in a while. Yeah. Did you guys see me in the boat? I saw you in the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I, and anyway, I'm thinking, all right, what could be wrong? You know, going through, because that's another thing of, of doing stuff up here on your own out there. A lot of times you kind of, over the years, you either you will quit doing it or you'll learn to be half, you know, jerry-rigging mechanic. Mm-hmm. And so I like, all right, going through the list of what could be and thinking, all right, well, fuses, check fuse. Sure enough, luckily, which never happens to me. It's never the first thing I think of, you know, look in there and that main fuse was melted, like not Mm -hmm. just the fuse burned, it was melted. I think I actually smelled it the night before. It was right after oh. the, the bad bog session there before we hit the turn. Hmm. That could have the, been it, yeah. Um, yeah, I actually think that I smelled it, and I was like, man, it smells like kind of something electrical. Hmm. The next morning, that happened, yeah. So yeah. we met up at the trailer. Yeah, so we met up at the trailer. What happened was I, you know, I pulled that out, and I'm thinking, okay, I, I knew I had one extra fuse in my little toolkit, and so... But I wanted to check, like, all right, and you got to, sometimes you got to think ahead of what might happen and how you're going to deal with it if that happens again. And uh, so I checked, I pulled my accessory fuse, which turns out I think is just the winch, and mm. plugged it in, and, it, you know, ran without the accessory fuse. And it was, okay, so I got two extra, or I got this this extra fuse and then an extra one to get us back to the river if if we have to so uh hmm. yeah just popped a new fuse in and off she went off she went Come and on. then i was a little more careful after that to try and not get water up in the front of that yeah well as careful as you could be yeah <laughs> but uh no it was it was aside from not killing a moose and being completely exhausted it was definitely some type two fun. Yep. And yeah, I was really glad you guys were able to oh, yeah. to come up and, and go out there with me. And we'll have to do something like that. Either come get your, break your moose curse or mm-hmm. see, cause now I can blame him cause he already was leading into it that he had a curse, had a curse and an enemy, we should say his curse rubbed off on me. Well, I was saying, I was like, I've never like really tried to get a moose and not got one. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> like, I can't believe this. Yeah, moose is that animal for me, I guess. So I was in Canada a couple years ago and didn't get a Canadian, so Canadian moose, so it's uh, moose seems, it was the same deal. They've yeah. never been like this. The weather's yeah. never, we've never <laughs> seen, I loved it, your dad today, you know, when he goes, what do you say? I've lived here, or your uncle, excuse yeah. me. I, I've lived here. Born and raised here in Alaska, and I've never seen this wet of a September. Well, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate that, Uncle Jerry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's yeah. just... Uh, that's part of hunting, man. You, there's elements that are out there. You and, never know. Yeah. And that's a, that's a tough thing, you know, because you... And you were saying, you know, like when you, you know, bring friends hunting or whatever, it's like there, there's a little bit of pressure because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't... Like, for me personally... Yeah, like I can use the meat, but I've got enough to get through. I'm gonna still try and get one during the sure. archery season, the rest of the archery season. But um, it's just because I know how much effort and time taken mm-hmm. off and stuff. It's like you wanna, like I would have 
been completely satisfied if you'd got that bull or a nice bull and and I didn't get a chance to shoot one. It would have been no big deal. Sure. Yeah. Um. But uh, well, you've shot like ten more moose than me, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, it'll be a good excuse to uh, do it again. Um. But as far as uh, I was want to get into as far as Weatherby stuff, what do you, is there anything you guys are coming out with that you can talk about at this time? Yeah, I mean, we've come out a lot in the last year. I mean, right now, the kind of the big news of Weatherby, obviously, is our move mm-hmm. from California to Wyoming and, you know, have a lot of new great staff. You know, Kevin's Kevin's one of those, a lot of new great people on the team that we're forming and um, even our new product development team's kind of there. So it is a big transition time. 2019, we have a lot of new exciting things coming out that I can't yeah. talk about, some of which you know about yeah. um, and some other things as well. So 19's going to be big. Um, you know, this year we we launched... Uh, you know, several different things. We got a carbon fiber barrel on our carbon mark, a proof research barrel. And nice. So that's uh, something that's new for us. Um, one of the things that's been super popular is is our um, our women's line of rifles, and so our Camilla line, which is named after my grandma. Um, we originally had it in the Vanguard. We're going to be coming out with some more models in that. Uh, we have two models now in the Mark V. Uh, we got one in the Sitka pattern, the Sitka. Um, Optifade subalpine pattern. Um, we got a nice wood gun. So we've really kind of expanded that, and it's doing really well for us. There's just not a lot out there uh, for women if they want something real kind of specific, you know, yeah. for them. So there's been a lot of a lot of new things along those lines, and then really a lot. It's funny right now, just a lot in different camo patterns, you know, and companies yeah. we're working with. We we um, brought in this trip, as you know, you know, Kevin and I were wearing first light gear and. Um, we came out with the first light Vanguard this last year and a flat, dark earth, uh, finish and, and, uh, you know, on a, on a Vanguard. It's a good looking, right? You know, a good looking pattern, pattern scheme. It looks color wise. It looks amazing. I think so. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what we had on this trip was we brought it out, we're bringing it out in the Mark five now. Yeah. Um, so for those first light folks that are out there that are looking for something in that, and that's what, you know, I used. Well, I used that's what I hauled around <laughs> uh, for a week was the first yeah. light mark five. Um, I think we're gonna be uh yeah, doing doing some new things with a Badlands as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be the first production rifle with Badlands approach on the rifle. Yeah. So that's that's gonna, gonna be, be coming cool out one. soon. Also another uh you know, the Sitka Optifade Subalpine mm-hmm. Camilla, which was popular. So mm-hmm. now we're doing that in the men's mark five as well. Yeah. So we'll be rolling out just a lot more patterns trying to just bring a lot of our products into, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, just a lot of different flavors for different yeah. people. Everybody likes their different flavors. So we're doing a lot of, doing a lot of that. And then in 19, we got a couple, couple big releases that are, uh, you know, um, yeah, both in the, both in the ammo side, I got a lot of big, exciting things coming up, some things in the shotgun line. So there's a lot of, a lot of, even Mark five, we got a little bit of everything. So 19 is going to be a big release here for Weatherby. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah, when we've talked quite a bit on, I I can only imagine the stresses of moving moving an entire factory and operation between states. But I don't have to tell everybody I took a couple California boys moose hunting. <laughs> That's right. Well, Kevin was from Arkansas. Yeah. I was That's from California, true, yeah. well, Indiana, I guess. But so yeah, yeah, we're Wyoming. We're yeah. Wyoming guys. Residents. Yeah. We're Wyoming residents. We're Wyoming <laughs> residents. Uh, when we get back, uh, uh, we'll be doing an antelope hunt here next weekend. Yeah. Um, and uh, October's full. Yeah. And then, and then Wyoming elk. Uh, quite a bit of stuff coming up. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Somebody's got to get out there and do the product testing, you know? Yeah. So. Well, you just had to haul that rifle around. Yeah. To put it through its bases, and it will, it will, I have no doubt in my mind, it will knock some stuff down. Yes, it certainly will. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully you'll be able to use that weather mark to knock something down. I know that oh, yeah. tomorrow the moose season ends for rifle, and then it's just archery up here, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, and we, <laughs> that was another thing we went back and forth, because, you know, time constraints, we had to come back out this morning, but looking at the weather it's just going to not not looking good till like a day or two after the season is like Susan the first season ends, first good condition morning temperature drops 10 degrees yeah. and the rain stops it's like unbelievable yeah yeah it's weird it's just late this year yeah just weird yeah. like you know i think was my dad was saying i can't remember which one was saying it has seemed like the past couple of years fall Shifted. has like started later hmm. Yeah, or like it started to get cold a little later, but in the springtime, the it's been colder later. You know, hmm. I'm not a big climate conspiracy guy by any means. It just, it, and that's another thing. It seems like every year it's all. Oh, it's never been this wet. Yeah, oh, <laughs> never yeah. been this cold. Every year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's never been this <laughs> warm. Never seen snow like this before. <laughs> It's never been this hot during opening day. Yeah. So take it with a grain of salt, but yeah. it, it, it has been a really wet, warm fall. You know, obviously when you're stand, sitting out there in the rain shivering, it doesn't feel warm, but I'm talking like like fingers going numb, nice sure. crisp yeah. mornings or, yeah. and, you know, there's, I don't know if that's the reason, but there's something to that when it's a nice, really cold, crisp, clear morning um, a lot of moose are going to hit the ground. Yeah. But anyway, guys. Cool. Um, Next time. Yeah, I really appreciate yeah. appreciate you guys taking the time to come up. Man, and, thanks for having us out, yeah. cutting firewood for us. Yeah. <laughs> making us feel comfy. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Kevin's over there slumped over in his chair. And, mm-hmm. But no, we, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fantastic time. And I appreciate the understanding, trying out a new spot and everything too. It's always a little... It's part of the adventure. Yeah. Yeah. A little yep. bit of an adventure. And yeah. it, it, I, I enjoy figuring things out yeah. and kind of going through the process, even though it can be frustrating sometimes. So yeah. it was a great hunt and just gives us, gives us a good excuse to do it again. Yeah. Cool. But, all right. Well, cool. uh, and is there, uh, I guess anybody, Weatherby's Instagram, what's that, Kevin? Yeah, if you just, I mean, weatherby.com is obviously going to be the best place for all that new product we're talking about. Oh, gotcha. Um, you've heard it first here. If you, you know, heard the whole thing, this is actually the first time we've announced most of that stuff. So, oh, cool. Um, it looks like beginning of October will be the launch of that. Our website will have all of that. And then obviously, Weatherby Inc. is our Instagram and our Facebook. And we really communicate to all of our fans through social media, probably your best route to figure yeah. some stuff out. So, definitely. Yep. All right, guys. Well, we'll hang her up so you guys can get some sleep. You got an early flight to catch tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we got to get up at three. Three thirty. So yeah, again. Yeah. Uh, Perfect. And you're not here to make me coffee. What am I going to do? Nope, nope. I'm not. <laughs> well, you made it in the evening, and I just turned the stove on in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But all right, guys. Well, if you have any uh, questions or comments, you can email podcast at tundertalkak.com and please uh, leave us a review on iTunes or whatever uh, platform you listen on. Thank you.